Showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to Saturday Matinee Theater, brought to you by your friends at the Long Box Crusade. I'm your host, Jared Albrick, the yard sale artist, except no substitute. And joining me, as always, is the Watson to my Sherlock, Pat Sampson, a.k.a. DJ Christados. How are we feeling today, Dr. Christados? Oh, Jared, hi. Uh, uh, would you would you mind uh, getting the door for our other guest? Uh, are you in I'm in the tub right now. <laughs> in I'm in the tub right now. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you scrub up and I'll go get the other guests, all right? Oh, okay, yeah, let me get my towel. Also joining me is the Mycroft to my Sherlock, my older, wiser brother, Jason the Weasel Skull Albrick. And how are you today, Mycroft? Yar, Mycroft's not here. It's me, <laughs> the Sailor Joe. Sailor Joe. Aye, aye. How are you? Aye, aye. I'm just kidding. It's me in disguise. Did I fool you? Did not, I fool you? You did not fool me at all, but you probably will fool Christados. <laughs> Who's that with you, Jared? I can hear some pirates are here. It sounds like pirates are here. I can hear them from the bathroom. What's yeah, going on? It's just Mycroft in disguise. Ah, uh, I better put on some better clothes here. <laughs> I'll be right there. All right. While you go do that, I'll give the listening audience a sad news. Unfortunately, Delvin the Dark Web, Bobby Wilkins, could not join us tonight. So we brought in a ringer. We've got back for his second appearance on the show. I'm giving him an official nickname. We've got Dave, also known as Old Ben One. That wizard's just a crazy old man, but we're going to call him Gregson. Gregson Collins. Welcome to the show, Gregson. Oh, well, thank you, Jared. And I never dreamed for a moment we would be discussing this case tonight. Why would that be? (laughs) (laughs) It's a little double on top there, but, you know, hey, it's nice to be called off the bench in a moment of need, so I'm here to help out. Yeah, let's pull back the curtain, all right? So we're getting ready. We're about an hour out from doing this show. Back it up maybe about two hours out. And Delvin the Bobby Wilkins texts the group and says, hey, I got some work stuff. I got to take care of it. Can't be on the show tonight. Bummer. We had a guest lined up. Clinton Robinson from Coffee and Comics was going to be on. Wait a minute. You told me he died. Which one? Clinton or Delvin? Delvin. Oh. Oh, I was sending flowers and everything. Oh, no. I just did that to see if you'd pay for flowers. Jason, if you would read the text group. (laughs) You know I don't read the text group. (laughs) <laughs> so, unfortunately, we got a very last minute, about an hour out from recording, we got a very last minute from Clinton. Rest in peace, because I think he also died. <laughs> no, Clinton also had a work thing come up, and we were like, I was like, this show is falling apart around our ears. And then I was like, who's in the bullpen? Who can we go to? Who's our closer? Who's our number one stunner? So I picked up the phone, and I called Dave Grigson Collins. <laughs> He's like, like, yep, I will watch the show and I will be ready to do it live in one hour. So, folks, we put this puzzle together rather quickly. Thank you, Dave. And we miss you, Delvin and Clinton. One of of them's dead, though. That's what I heard. It's a mystery. You find out on the next episode who shows back up. (laughs) It might be Dave again. (laughs) <laughs> Wait a minute here. I'm doing this, sir. Wait a minute here. There might be a mystery, a connection. Dave, <laughs> don't oh, dig son, too he's deep. ready. Well, if Dr. Christados is doing his job as the Dr. Watson on our show, he'll be really good at pronouncing people dead. That's Oh, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good at that. <laughs> it's a skill set. That guy's dead. Oh, yep. goodness. Speaking of I can show. I can see it from afar, too. I can just look at people. And, yeah, that guy's dead. That guy's dead. <laughs> 
Speaking of our show, Saturday Matinee Theater, Dr. Cristados, would you be so kind as to tell the listening audience what this show is all about? Well, sure, Jared. I will definitely do that. Saturday Matinee Theater is a retro review, sometimes index show, brought to you by the Longbox Crusade, where we will be taking you back to the past for some potentially overlooked retro awesomeness in the realm of television, movie serials, or films. Basically, if it's vintage and it's kind of forgotten, we're going to dig it up. We've got some plans for down the road, but for the first stretch of Saturday Matinee Theater, we'll be covering all 39 episodes of the 1954 television series Sherlock Holmes, which was produced by Sheldon Reynolds. It starred Ron Howard as Sherlock Holmes and H. Marion Crawford as Dr. Watson. So take off your deerstalker cap, light your pipe, get cozy by that fireplace, and let the soothing violin music of Mr. Sherlock Holmes whisk you away into the past. But don't forget your chicken feet. I was going to sit and listen to the music for a minute. This brings a tear to my eye, man. Yeah, sometimes I can make you a little happy music. Sometimes I can play a little sad music. Yeah, I was yeah. saying on the last episode there was a little piano accompaniment. I think that was I think that was my brother Jason on the piano. I was tickling the ivory. <laughs> that is really impressive. And it you know is. what? We had our Grigson on once before. We had Dave Collins was on an episode and he did a great job. But we never asked him if he had any musical talent. Do you play any instruments? Oh, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Way to play along with us, Dave. Way to play along. (laughs) But I have been practicing my violin, so like a fiddling contest. I would be willing to maybe try the intro music one time, or or maybe do you want to do a fiddle off? Uh, You know, like the devil went down to Georgia kind of fiddle off. That's what I was thinking. We good. You ready? Let's throw it down. Here we go. to judge this i mean who won that everyone's a winner in this contest yeah the listeners are the big winner here yeah i just want to thank you both for bringing your violins to the studio tonight you can play you're you're very impressive dave very impressive what impresses me is that we do this from our studio at 221b baker street in london so like every other week we're flying to london we got to rent the place out we got to set up the audio equipment you guys got to bring your violins it's a whole production Mm -hmm. and i took a bath and you took a (laughs) bath That's right. We stretch those Patreon dollars. <laughs> Patreon? Wait, wait. We got a Patreon? <laughs> no, by Patreon dollars, I mean our checkbooks. <laughs> All the profits from Hamilton versus Burr, a werewolf tale. Play that commercial. Alexander Hamilton, Aaron Burr. If you're a history lover or a musical lover, you probably know about both Hamilton and Burr's rise to power in the early stages of American history and their infamous duel. But what if you didn't know the full story? What if one of them was a werewolf? White Rocket Entertainment proudly presents a 48-page full-color comic book, Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale. 
Written by Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist. Art by Nate Niles. Colors by Ace Wheelie and Ken Solomon. Letters by Percival Constantine. And edited by Johanna Albrecht. Hamilton vs. Burr, a werewolf tale. Available digitally on Kindle and Comics Central. C-O-M-I-X Central. Prefer a print copy? Hamilton vs. Burr, a werewolf tale, along with my other published works, are available at theyardsaleartist.bigcartel.com. That's theyardsaleartist.bigcartel.com. Or you can buy it directly from me, creator Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, at any of my Comic-Con appearances. Hamilton vs. Burr, a werewolf tale. Get your copy today. You won't regret it. Don't take my word for it. Here's what Ming Chen from AMC's TV series Comic Book Men had to say about it. I really enjoyed it. A lot of great werewolf scenes in here. A lot of great... Uh, this is how I wish history would be told to kids. <laughs> Books like a- a Hamilton vs. Burr, a werewolf tale. That's Hamilton vs. Burr, a werewolf tale. And we're back. <laughs> Tonight's episode is episode eight, The Case of the Blind Man's Bluff. It originally aired on December 6th, 1954, was directed by Sheldon Reynolds, was written by Lou Morheim and Sheldon Reynolds, and it guest starred Archie Duncan as Inspector Lestrade, Eugene Deckers as Mr. Vickers, Gregoire Aslan as Jocko Faraday, Colin Drake as Dr. Jonas, Eve Brainville as Pitt, Margaret Russell as the barmaid, and Richard K. Lark as Wilkins. Wilkins! Wilkins! And just another Another reminder that these shows are all available on YouTube, so you can view along prior to listening to this, or you can take a look afterwards if you're interested. Watch, then listen. Watch, then listen. Yes, watch, yeah, then watch, listen. That way watch, we won't spoil anything, and, and you guys can follow along with the shenanigans. That's right. Hashtag I'm following Holmes. Somebody else say it. Hashtag I'm following Holmes. <laughs> There we go. Hashtag Wilkins. <laughs> Wilkins, he makes like the briefest appearance. He has no lines, and yet he is actually credited in the credits of the show. I say we skip to the end and everybody just give it five pipes because Wilkins. I mean, <laughs> all the others is just <laughs> academic at this point. This is the rest of it's just filler. I mean, it's just filler. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of filler, let me do the plot summary for this episode. As usual, I try to write these things so there will be some spoilers because I have to move the plot along but I try to write it so that I don't give away how Holmes figured things out so you can still have a little bit of fun if you haven't watched the episode. Like my brother and everyone agreed, we recommend you watch the episode and then come back and give it a listen. They're only 26 minutes. They're lots of fun, and I think it'll make this a more pleasurable experience. Hashtag I'm following Holmes. Hashtag I'm following Holmes. There we go. Hashtag I'm following Holmes. (laughs) Go ahead, Jason. Hashtag I'm following Holmes. Mary Jane? Hashtag (laughs) I'm following Holmes. (laughs) All right, let's get into it.
This episode begins with a gregarious sailor, Jocko Faraday, having a good time at a dockside bar until he sees a chicken foot hung from a ribbon over his table. He panics, goes outside for some fresh air, but instead of fresh air, he gets run through with a sword. We cut to 221B, where Holmes decides to test his latest disguise in the most obvious way possible, by f***ing with Watson during his bath time. <laughs> Lestrade shows up just as things are about to boil over between Holmes and Watson and asks Holmes to examine the chicken claw. Lestrade reveals that this is actually the second murder victim with a chicken claw calling card. The first victim was Howard Shackle, a respectable textiles manufacturer who was also found dead with the chicken foot. The group heads over to interview the latest recipient of a chicken claw, Dr. Jonas. After a less than fruitful interview with Dr. Jonas, the lads depart, and just as they do, a blind man posing as a patient enters Jonas's office and murders him. Meanwhile, Holmes and Watson cleverly get a peek at Dr. Jonas's records to discover the good doctor was lying about his past during their interview. They return to confront Jonas, and Watson gets to do what he does best, pronounces the death of Dr. Jonas. But as always, Holmes has pieced it together and realizes there's one potential victim left, former ship's captain, Superintendent Pitt. Holmes arrives at Mr. Pitt's home, and the blind man, Mr. Vickers, answers the door. The two men have a game of verbal cat and mouse. Is Mr. Vickers sharp enough to outwit Holmes? What's the connection between all the victims? Why is the blind Mr. Vickers cutting a swath of dead bodies through London? How many more people will Watson be able to pronounce dead? Tune in to find out. Good job, sir. Nice, nice. Let's get into highs and lows. And tonight, let's start with DJ Cristados. He doesn't ever get to go first. Cristados, what you got on this episode? From the beginning, I noticed that this opening credit was a bit different when it says a case of the blind man's bluff. Mm -hmm. The picture that they used in the background, it wasn't there. It was just a black screen with just the words on it. Very plain title card, right. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's really odd. Either they had to rush this or something or I, I don't know going forward if that's going to be the same. You know, I've watched a ton of them up to this point, and I honestly can't remember. So we'll find out together as I rewatch. I like the part definitely with Watson in the tub. We know you did that. Yeah. <laughs> I, you can picture him like if he had some music playing or something else going, you know, he'd be there with the boom box playing and his favorite song <laughs> just jamming out in the tub and just, He's getting all ready. Lebowski. <laughs> you can see that you know he's getting all cleaned up ready to get it so he can go out to the pub and go That's for right. a drink i like that he gets so frustrated with holmes <laughs> he did <laughs> he's just like i'm gonna leave and he's gonna leave and with just the bathroom you just like the bathrobe and the bowler look uh, you're probably dressed like I that you, right now yeah I, t- I tell you watson could <laughs> I, I'd, I'd buy a, cl- a line of clothes, you know, Dr. Watson. Watson. <laughs> you know, he's got bowlers. He's got. Check um, out the Watsons, bro. You know, he's got nightgowns or night shirts or whatever. And now you got the bowler and the towel. And, or, you, <laughs> you like know. that look? Yeah. <laughs> I can sport that. I believe you. <laughs> yeah, you guys I, all I see still me. feel like you're wearing it right now. That's, yeah. that's, <laughs> I can peek across the curtain here. I, I feel like that's what you're wearing. Yeah, it is kind of warm in here so it, where I am right now. <laughs> so just kind of lounging around in the bathrobe makes me feel kind of... All right, well, uh, besides that, um, <laughs> Watson has like empty threats to leave. <laughs> 
And then he decides he gives Holmes. I'm like Holmes. I'm going to give you another chance. <laughs> He's like an abuse spouse. <laughs> can't believe you. It's not like a Holmes just uh, like Holmes already knew the outcome. Like he did not give two craps about. Yeah, yeah. He's like <laughs> he literally said he'll get over it. Yeah, <laughs> he'll be over it. <laughs> but I love him. <laughs> I love him. I like how what Holmes when he comes in and he's all you know dressed up in the pirate outfit. You can't kind of tell i'm like wait a minute what's going on because the way they did the beginning with faraday dying you're like oh maybe this is somebody from the you know that saloon or wherever he was maybe it was somebody from that group coming over to talk to them so i, I was kind of then once i like, wait a minute that seems like it's home so i, I kind of got that one figured out when i saw that <laughs> you figured that one out did you yeah you saw, yeah you saw through that ruse? <laughs> i saw through that ruse, yeah the eye patch didn't uh, throw you yeah <laughs> I'm so mesmerized by the performance. <laughs> All jokes aside, I did think that was pretty good. I thought he was pretty awesome right there. Yeah. <laughs> he played it up. I mean, he was on fire. I like how Holmes plays Lestrade on Trinidad. Gave him that line. No, I don't know if he was making Lestrade look like a fool, but also using that to try to get more information. I thought that was pretty interesting how he continues to play Lestrade. Mr. Vickers, I think that was really cool. Then you kind of knew who Mr. Vickers was. I thought that was odd, though, that Holmes and them didn't notice that he was in the outside of the waiting room of the doctor. Just chilling, waiting. Just chilling, yeah. He was hiding in plain sight. We kind of already said it, but Wilkins! 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 And he just gives that guy the cold stare down. If you watch Wilkins, he just kind of stares him down. uh, Yeah, he was waiting for him to start something. Yeah, pull that like, sword. On, pull that sword. Come yeah. at me, bro. That's cool. Come at me, bro. I'll put some Blackfoot on you. <laughs> Don't you know who I am? I'm Wilkins. I'll give you the armbar. That's right. You didn't get any lines, though. I mean, uh, speaking of which, let's just check in with Delvin and see what he had to say about that. Silver hands. <laughs> I agree. Old man Rickson, pinch hitter of the night. Just watched it a few minutes ago. What you got, buddy? (laughs) (laughs) Should be fresh. Well, (laughs) I actually didn't watch this episode. Yes. Yes. Oh, Oh, man. I was saving it. (laughs) I don't even try to use that. I don't even try to use that one. Save it up for when you feel it, man. When you feel the moment. As we've talked about, it's very fresh. I I literally just got through watching it. And I'm going to say right off the bat, man, Faraday is a jerk. When he bit the dust, I gave a little cheer. Like, he deserved to die. What a jerk that guy was. He was was hassling the barmaid. He told her he was going to break her in half. And I'm like, there's 80 other people in this room. Doesn't anybody else think this is weird anyway he was a jerk i didn't mind seeing him by yard sale when you call me you said this one's a little different and the cinematography on this was really different than anything we've seen before and there was hardly any humor in this one this they played this one very serious they even changed the music i mean i felt like the music throughout really hit the mood i know i'm I'm the only one who hated that wormhole shot on the other show i was on but the camera angles on this i really liked i liked the way they focused in like just on the faraday right before he got it and they focused in on the doctor right before he got it and on the second one you heard the killer's voice and he got real irate with him but you could just see the panic in the guy's face i mean i really like that and then at the end they also did over the shoulder shot of holmes looking up at him and then over his shoulder looking down at holmes so i just i really like the camera work in this one and i thought it really set the mood when holmes figured out that and i'm not i won't say how he figured it out i will say that i was wrong i thought the doctor gave himself away because when him and holmes were talking he said well, I've never even been on a cargo ship. 
And then Holmes goes, oh, well, that's very interesting. But Holmes never told him it was a cargo ship. The only way he would have known that that ship was a cargo ship is if he had actually been on it. That's mm-hmm. how, I, I, how I do it. And so I was like, I'm not going to lie. I got my pen and pencil out, and I ripped it down. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to blow some people away with this hey, one. man. Not bad. You just then, an extra clue like- that Holmes missed. I feel like there might have been like a missing scene or something because you notice when Holmes went over there, he knew the guy's name was Mister Vickers. Where, where did they? Where did they? Where did, they, where did he ever come up with that? I don't know. Now that you mentioned it, you're right. I don't know where he got that That's from. The part that I was like, what? How does he know his name? That's a good one. I like the final scene. I like the way that all played out. The little cat and mouse. Vickers kept saying, "Well, tell me who the killer is. Tell me who." The, yeah. I mean, he said it a couple times, and Holmes would kind of redirect. And I'm like, just tell him you know who it is, and he never would. But that was good. And and then last but not least, I'll backtrack a little bit. I liked it when he rushed the young lady out of the bookkeeping office. I thought that was very clever. <laughs> yeah, the way he <laughs> you, know, you know what that reminded me of? was like something that Eddie Murphy would have done in Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. That's exactly yeah, what it right. was. That's exactly what it was. You can all say I'm crazy, but if Mr. Vickers doesn't remind you guys of Charles Bronson and Death Wish, to me, looking back, I was like, I wonder if Charles Bronson got some of his inspiration from this guy because he had that, the way he looked and the way he was so so sincere like he goes i'm doing this for this reason and this is why i'm doing it and he was so convicted it really reminded me of charles bronson and death wish <laughs> yeah, i gotta, I gotta admit he was so convincing and i was like yeah these douchebags have got to die <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was. It's like it was like, oh well, yeah. I can see the motive now. You know, I'm not gonna lie. I thought for a minute there was a small part of me that thought, I'm just gonna let this guy go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I thought so too. I probably yeah. would have. I would have been like, Godspeed, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know what? You're right. <laughs> they didn't <need> that. <laughs> Well, anyway, right I, up to the moment when he pulled the sword out on Holmes, be like, wait, yeah, wait, wait yeah. anything to do with anything that happened. <laughs> I really enjoyed this one. I, I liked it. I thought it was really, really well done. I just thought it was really different than everything else we've seen that I've seen so far in the style and the camera you work and in the music. I just, I really enjoyed this one. That's cool. I'm glad you brought up the technical aspects. I think that's yeah. cool. You don't call a guy off the bench for him to just screw around. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to, you know, put it out there. You bring in the A game, and I respect that. Swing for the fence. Serious business. It's serious business, man. Next episode, this guy means businesses. (laughs) Next episode, we're going to be looking at Delvin like, what about the tech specs? What? Why do I? What do you mean, mood and camera angles? All right, Jason, drop it like it's hot. I think Pat and Dave pretty much covered a lot of it, but I will say that right from the get-go, the opening was interesting. It seemed like a long time before we got Holmes and Watson even. Not to say that was a bad thing. It was really gripping. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, this is the first time we actually see the murder being committed on the show, which I thought was really interesting. Early in the show, they went to great pains to kind of hide the bodies a little bit. This one seemed to be a lot more cutting edge. I guess, for the time. Let me butt in here just a moment here, Jason. But speaking of the murders, the guy has a knife, but yet at the sound that it makes is like a thump. So like you hit him with a hammer. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's like you, you know, know, that's a solid point, Pat. <laughs> maybe maybe he needs to sharpen the knife. I don't yeah, know. I'm like, what is the guy hitting him with or whatever? I was saying, ooh, and then they go down. It's like, really? You just got thumped or something. Man. Well, maybe he stabbed him so hard that the hilt hit against his chest. Oh, there you go. There you go. Because Holmes did say a strong dude to work the knife. Yeah, that's true. Man, DC is all over this episode. Yeah, I got another going, one. Yeah, I got, he's going deep, man. I, I got another one. I got, I, let me interject this. I couldn't help but notice that after he stabbed Faraday, and again, he deserved it, douche. It showed him putting the knife back in the sheath. Mm-hmm. There was zero blood on it. There was not <laughs> one drop of blood on that knife. Well, you know, it's uh, still 1954. I just thought it's this still was, 50s. It was just a little bit edgier than what we've seen so far, which I thought I was kind of yeah. cool. Oh, I agree. And, I agree. But I'm bummed. <laughs> it's um, here, huh? Holmes' disguise was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, it, it, what? It didn't hey. fool you? No, it reminded me of the Pink Panther movies. Whenever Peter Sellers was like in disguise, I was like, "That's high oh, praise." Wait, that's high praise. <laughs> I was say, I kind of bought that is some high of praise. Disguises. Yeah, I guess that's true. Never mind. But at any rate, I was like, "Is is Watson really fooled by this? Is Watson this much of an idiot?" But, yeah, uh, he came out of the shower. He came out of the bathtub. Did I thought maybe it was humor. I'm like, "Oh, it's you, Holmes." I had no idea. No, but Watson uh, just let them keep talking. It's like, Watson, come on. Yeah. Someone man, yeah. In the Pull room. that pistol and smoke that son of a bitch, man. There's intruder in your house. You're in the bathroom. Well, come on. I think it was Delvin who pointed out in the last episode that Watson's like the most easily dupable doctor on the planet. <laughs> That's true. And he hasn't saved a life yet, I've noticed, either. That's He's really good at pronouncing people dead. Yeah, really crappy doctor. I will say this about Watson. When the, the other person knocks on the door and he thinks it's the gang, he grabs a golf club. But there's a sword hanging right on the wall. Just saying. <laughs> Dave, you're not missing a beat, man. <laughs> Moving on. I like that the show really demonstrates that Holmes has a vast knowledge of what we might consider obscure, but he finds important in the course of his day-to-day business vis-a-vis the chicken foot and its connection to, what was it connected to? Uh, Trinidad. 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 Yeah. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that Dr. Jonas, his chin looked like it had a butthole in it. I just, <laughs> I just got to throw that out there. It really bothered me. Oh. Oh my god. Douglas movies. Wow. I thought it was cool Matt Murdock was the murderer. I think we talked a little bit about it. I really liked the tension between Holmes and Vickers there at the end. It was really cool the way that they were playing that. You got a real sense of menace as mm-hmm. Holmes sat in that chair and Vickers was on the desk hovering over him. And then when Holmes turned the table on him, that was really cool as well. I was a little disappointed that Holmes didn't let him go. I think uh, Ruth mentioned it when she was a guest on the show, how Holmes really differentiates between justice in the law. And I think this was a really good opportunity to demonstrate that and possibly letting this guy go and letting justice be served. So I kind of felt a little disappointed there. We talked a little bit about Wilkins. Everybody's glad to see him, even though he didn't have a speaking line. And then I'll just wrap it up by saying, did it bother anybody else that they just left the dead body in the closet? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> just left. It's, I mean, in all seriousness, it seemed like it, it was a really good episode, and then they just didn't really know how to wrap it up. They had the sad tale that Vickers told, and then his you arrest, know. and they looked at each other and like, well, well let's <laughs> Moving along, roll credits. Yeah, let me give, let me answer your question about leaving a dead body in a closet, and I'm gonna take us back to a Crusader Chronicles episode. I think we're gonna do uh, where Peter Parker leaves his clone body in the closet. His dead clone. That's true. His dead clone was still in the closet. Uh, No, if it's all right, it's okay for Peter. It's got to be okay for. While he was making that sweet love to Mary Jane, nonetheless. Yes, she was making love to him in that room Uh, with the dead body in the closet. So, you know, it didn't bother me because I've seen that before. <laughs> Just in a different way. That's true. I'd forgotten about that. Thanks for reminding me of that, Pat. <laughs> I was really looking for him to let this guy go once I he heard too. the story. I thought this would be a really good uh, in keeping with the Sherlock Holmes of legend. You knew that Vickers wasn't going to let Sherlock go because he knew he knew. He had to stop him from spreading the word or letting anybody else know. I agree. I mean, the moment he pulled the knife on Holmes, that changed the ball game. But yeah. up until that point, after he told the story, I kind of thought Holmes would come a little oh, break. Yeah. So anyway, those are my thoughts. Good show. I, I really enjoyed it. It was a unique take. that We didn't have any question about who the murderer was. There wasn't really a solve the mystery of who done it. It was more of a why done it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Motive. And at first I was like, eh, I like whodunits. But then the way they did it, and I think everybody commented, and then I know Jason did, that cat and mouse scene at the end was pins and needles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like watching a chess match. That was really strong. Yeah. yeah, it was. Well, let's roll into some fun facts with Jared here. Mr. Vickers was played by Eugene Deckers. You might remember him as Sergei Smirnoff. War! I tell you, oh, war. Crazy so, Russian. Yeah. He's going to come back a couple of times, and he always plays these super interesting characters. He plays them he's good. really strong. He's a strong character writer. He's good. Yeah. yeah. Eugene Deckers, I think, is top notch when it comes to this show. Now, I haven't seen him in anything else that I know of, but man, he's he's rocking it here. The guy who played Faraday, Jocko Faraday, Gregor Aslan, he's been in a couple of pretty big movies. He was in Cleopatra, and he was in, funny enough, Return of the Pink Panther. We didn't, the Pink Panther came up <laughs> earlier in this episode. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of interesting. I'm always interested when these small part actors from our TV show kind of make it into things that are big. And going along with that, Colin Drake, who played Dr. Jonas, a.k.a. Dr. Butthole Chin. (laughs) Art space. (laughs) Is he related to the Jonas Brothers? Um, Yes. Yes, he's the Jonas grandfather. Ah, No, no, that's not the fun fact. Colin Drake appeared on a lot of other TV shows to include Cheers, Highway to Heaven, Golden Girls, and Little House on the Prairie. Which uh, which Golden Girl did he I think he played B. Arthur. No. <laughs> or did he, you know, you know, because those golden girls, they were kind of, yeah. yeah they, they got did. around a little bit. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that, but. <laughs> this show just know. got really weird. So this uh, Eve Brainville cat, he was also in a very big movie. He was in Hitchcock's The Man Who Knew Too Much. So we had a lot oh, of Oh, I like that one. That was oh. a good one. Yeah, we had a lot <laughs> of talent in this episode. And the only other note I have is keep an eye on Margaret Russell. She played the barmaid. She's going to end up being in a handful more episodes down the road. Oh, okay. Good for her. Yep. Indeed. She's not as good as uh, Eugene Decker, though. That guy can fool you. I'd have liked her better if she'd have hit Faraday with that mug instead of mm-hmm. throwing the beer in his face. That's what I thought oh, she was going to crack him on. I thought so, too. I thought he was going to get that busted outside of his mm-hmm. brain bucket. Her accent was like she was trying too hard. Dang. 
Pat with the staunch uh, yeah, criticism. I'm sorry. <laughs> Pat, man. Way to bring us down, man. It's supposed to be a good time. I mean, <laughs> All right. I'll be a little more peppy. I'm sorry. Hey, I'm sorry. give her a break. The guy just stole the beer off her cart, threatened her to break her in half. I mean, give her a break, man. She was under a lot of pressure. All right. I, I will forgive Pat because he gave me a present. He gave me a box before we started recording. I'm just going to open what? it up. It's a, uh, it's a chicken foot, son of a Oh, <laughs> you're right. Trinidad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. What I want to know is why did Tobago get the cold shoulder, man? Trinidad and Tobago, they always go together. <laughs> Geography jokes from Jared. Oh, jeez. It's time to rate this episode. Gentlemen, get your pipes out. Everybody's got five pipes in front of them. As a reminder, our scale is if you give it five pipes, that means you loved it. Four pipes says it's very good. Three pipes goes, eh, it's good. Middle of the road. Two pipes, just okay. One pipe, I did not like it. Grigson, old Ben, what you got? You know, I'm going to have to go four pipes. And honestly, the only thing keeping it from five for me is a couple of little odd things we talked about. Like the ending was a little weird. It seemed a little rushed. How did he know Vickers' name? Some things like that. But I really liked the mood. I really liked the music. I really liked the camera work. The story was okay. But like you said, it's more of a why done it than a who done it. Overall, I really, really enjoyed this one. I would agree with that. Mike Croft, what you got? Four for the same reasons that crazy old man Gregson said. I thought the chess match scene was phenomenal. Probably one of the best scenes that we've seen in the series so far. But yeah, they just really didn't know how to wrap it up very well. So that kind of prevents it from being a five with me, even though we did have our good friend Wilkins make an appearance. I would agree with that as well. Dr. Christados, have you pronounced anyone dead lately? (laughs) (laughs) Not yet, but if you're asking me too. (laughs) (laughs) The night is still young. (laughs) You got that chicken wing I sent you? (laughs) I do. I got it right Chicken leg? Chicken fingers? It looks delicious. (laughs) (laughs) Send me some chicken wings while you're at it. Oh, sure. I definitely will. (laughs) A little Tabasco sauce. I'll send you some sauce to put on that. And believe me, it's to die for. Oh, with the death jokes. (laughs) And the evil laugh. He's in the zone. (laughs) Oh, but let me tell you. It's hard to take you seriously when you got your bathrobe and your your bowler. (laughs) I know, man. That's all part of the disguise. Let me tell you though what how much I'm gonna pipe how much pipes I'm gonna smoke for this one. Um, <laughs> that sounds pretty. That sounds weird. Yeah, it does. <laughs> when I just said that, nerve myself. I'll let you do another take on it. No, no, let me tell you how many pipes I'm smoking. <laughs> This one was so good. You know, I want to say I'd give it a five because of Wilkins, but it just wasn't enough Wilkins that I can bring it to that level. So I have to go with a four. I really enjoyed this one. I like the take that they did where we kind of knew who the killer was and we watched that progress. I like the cat and mouse between the two. I would have gave it that five. There was that Wilkins. I'm really there, but I needed him to say something. I get the feeling that this episode may have been edited down because the fact that he got a credit in the end with no spoken line kind of tells me that they might have shot a scene where he actually had some things to say. Uh, Could be. Well, guys, this hasn't happened in a long time, but it's going to be a clean sweep of fours. Everybody's giving it. Same as you guys. Really pushing towards a five. Had a lot of great stuff. Just didn't stick the landing. If it had a tighter ending, I think I would have been like, yeah. You know, that's a five. You can't leave the body in the closet. You can't leave the body in the closet. Yeah, you can't leave the body in the closet. It would have been better if... Jason was talking about what, what Ruth and Darren had talked about. I think Holmes should let that guy go. <laughs> yeah. 
Because <laughs> I would have turned a blind eye to it. Strong episode, boys. Strong episode. Yeah, very strong. Yeah. Very strong. Looking for some more good times from Eugene Deckers. And I'll spoil it for you. He will be back. He's getting to be my second next to Wilkins. Now that I can kind of see him now, hopefully I can catch him the next time he's there. He was great as the Russian. Oh, yeah. He was crazy. He was chewing that scenery like nobody's business. <laughs> Everybody's going to be on Decker's watch now. Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, let me just reach over here real quick for our mailbag. Our mailbag's been stolen, y'all. Oh, oh, oh. What? Yeah, it's gone. Somebody Wilkins. Gone. We need Wilkins on. Australia and Wilkins. Yeah, figure this out. Truth be told, folks, we've recorded two episodes relatively close together so that we can make some better production times. And so we don't have feedback yet from the last episode because it hasn't been released yet peek behind the curtain. But we do want to say thanks to everybody out there who does the like, shares, retweets, and comments. Please keep those coming. They will be in the next episode. Just for now, we're going to be taking this one episode off as we move our schedule forward. We kind of figured you guys would rather have more content and you'd be willing to sacrifice maybe a couple feedbacks on that. Hopefully we're right. I hear people all over the world right now just asking for more old band. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's, I just I just see it flashing. You gotta like give the people band. what they want. I mean, you do. It's, yeah, it's just, like, just like cowbell. You got to give them more. <laughs> I give you a tip of the bowler cap. You came to play. You watched the episode a scant hour before recording, and you brought some great comments. Yep. You brought your A game tonight. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> I do want to thank, uh, like Jared said, everybody that has liked, shared, and we 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 tweeted. We tweeted. We the that. We like the we tweets. We like. <laughs> that retweeted for us just the support that we have for this particular podcast really do appreciate it we're what this is the eighth episode now mm-hmm. yeah. um and just the the warm welcome and uh, all the guests that we've had so far and even you know we have Dave coming back again. It's just been so great. So I really, really appreciate it. I really, honestly, guys, when we launched this show, I thought it was going to be so niche, niche, however you pronounce that. So specific. (laughs) Only certain people will like it. Yes, that's where I'm going with it. I thought, I really thought it was one of those shows we were doing for ourselves and how quickly we had a groundswell of fans that jumped on and wanted to talk about this and were hungry for more episodes and people are out there doing hashtag I'm following homes and watching the episodes along with us. I just love that. I just, that just tickles my tongue feathers. It does. Makes me, you know what? I want to smoke another pipe with you. (laughs) Oh, Lord. That's it for this episode of Saturday Matinee Theater. If you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, check out The Longbox Crusade. Jared, where can they find that? Well, Pat, I'm glad you asked. Oh, it's Peppy Jared. <laughs> Trying to a little more peppier, a little more peppier. I'm, I'm, I'm only like eight pounds of peppy in a five pound sack right now. Pep it up. Come on, I, pep it. I, don't, I don't have the, the pep that you do, but I will tell folks that you can find Longbox Crusade on iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers. You can check it out at www.longboxcrusade.com. I took a lot of time to build that website and to build this brand from the ground up, so I appreciate you guys checking on that. <laughs> the Twitter handle that I developed for our show is at Longbox Crusade and the Facebook page that I set up is also Longbox Crusade. Thanks, Jared, for all that you do for the Longbox Crusade. <laughs> I'm so glad you set that up <laughs> and brought me aboard to come along with that. Yeah, it's what I do, man. I spread the wealth. Yeah, I spread the wealth. I appreciate it. For, you know, I was just all by myself listening and like, man, I want to be on a podcast and I'm so glad you let me join. So you thank know what you. I also Start. love? I love the paintings that you do on, on people's yard sale stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also really enjoyed your comic book Hamilton versus Burrow Werewolf Tale. Play that commercial. Oh, <laughs>
<laughs> I was and roll commercial. If you want to hear us on our trek through all the James Bond films, check out On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. Jason, where can they find that? Oh, thanks, Pat. This is great. This is great, Pat. <laughs> oh, that's super peppy. <laughs> that super peppy. Pep. Super peppy. Oh, I built a great podcast called Honor Madison's Secret <laughs> Podcast, and I put it on iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers. I also built a pretty cool little website on www.secretpodcast.podbean.com. You can look for it on Twitter at OHMS Pod. That's great, Jason. You did a really great job. I'm super piped for that one. Oh, my God. I'm That's so awesome. <laughs> We are talented people. <laughs> <laughs> Just because we are so talented, why don't we tell the folks where they can find us online to see all our talentedness and how awesome we are. Check out our talentedness. Yes, check it out. Jason, where can they find you? Well, you can find me at Twitter at Weasel Skull. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram at Jason Albrick. Very good. Dave, where can people find you? I am Old Ben One on the Twitter, and I have not built any websites, but I did design Facebook. Oh, okay. Very cool. Super pumped to have you here with us, Dave, again. So thank you for I, stepping up. I enjoyed it, guys. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. And Jared, if people want to hear or talk to you or see things about you, where can they find that? Oh, you can find me at Twitter at Christados01. I'm on Candy Crush <laughs> as Christados as well. I'm on Clash of Clans as Christados. Check me out on Facebook. I'm just Pat Sampson. Oh, very good. And you can find me. I'm at Pat, the yard sale artist. <laughs> And you can find me at Yard Sale Artist. I'm also pimping my comic, Millie versus Vanilli. We have lost. It's a mind me. You can find me on Twitter at The Yard Sale Artist. Uh, and I'm also on Facebook. But, huh? Please don't say anything important because nobody's listening after <laughs> they stop. Oh, no, Jared, where can people find you? Go ahead. <clears throat> you can find me on Twitter at Yard Sale Artist. You can also find me on Facebook at Yard Sale Artist. You can find me on Instagram at Yard Sale Artist. And if you just kind of want to spend some money on me, check out theyardsaleartist.bigcartel.com. Ooh, that's a good site. I look at that every day when I wake up. Yeah, did you buy anything? Oh. Okay, where can people find you on the internet, Pat? Where can people find you on the internet? You can find me. I'm on Twitter at Christatos01. Otherwise, I'm also on Candy Crush Saka (laughs) at Christatos01. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next episode, and that's called The Case of Harry Crocker. And where is that next episode going to be? Well, our meetup location is 221B Baker Street, of course. (laughs) 